he passed behind me and I didn't notice. This is back when like I had like fucking three different jobs in my work. And I was just like, man, I'm being passed around like a drunk at a frat party. And he fucking, he chuckled so much as he passed by. And I'm like, oh shit. But he laughed. So I don't know what that means. I think Am he I approved. in trouble? <laughs> is that an approval? It was after five o'clock. So like when shit slows down. So yeah. like maybe he was like, as long as customers don't hear it. It's okay. I think that's the main thing. Is that a big thing around there? It's like, because some of those mechanics probably talk kind of. Oh yeah, it's like typical mechanic shit. Yeah. Like you, you hear them talk about the worst shit ever. I'm like, dude, do we have an HR department? See them? Like, we probably should. <laughs> eh, we have some pretty hot girls. Uh, not some, a couple really hot girls, and they don't get harassed. So I think that's the main thing. Okay. Like, if they're not getting harassed. That's that's good, right? Let's let's, let's be honest. HR is only there for the hot girls. They're not if they're getting harassed. That's when HR fucking brings shit up. But right. If 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 the hot girls are getting harassed, nobody even knows we have an HR department. Hmm. I think we only have like one hot girl. No, two, three. In my opinion, like three hot girls. Right. The two techs that are girls. The one is kind of. I was, she looks like a potato. I don't know. Ken, this is coming from someone who's like... This is oh, live, by the way. You know this. I, I know, but like... She has... Coming from someone who's come from really bad posture. And you know me back in the 2010. I'm like slumped over. Like shoulders kind of up here. Like I... I would have been a fucking golem. I was <laughs> kept on going. Like I was just like bad. I know you're the but guy that'll call it out because uh, Cordell has good posture, and you were the first guy to oh, be, yeah. th- that I've been around to be like Cordell. You've got like fantastic posture. He's he like super good thank posture. you. Oh, he's, he's a nice muscular build though too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Fucking just no, I can't say her name. <laughs> <laughs> she's built like a potato. I don't know. She's like her shoulders are brought up. Like she's just like she looks like a potato. Her, she's kind of hunched over. Like. She's wear, she wears glasses, nothing to do with the potato look, but like it doesn't help the potato look in a way. And the other girl, she's attractive, but she looks like a fucking 10, ten year old. Like she's very short, she's very curly, like long hair, which to me that just associates like younger girls just have like little girls with like curly hair, like a lot of them. It kind of straightens out when they get older, mm-hmm. others didn't, so it's just. She looks, like a, she looks like a ten-year-old, and it's 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 a in a non-weird sexual way. It's adorable watching her work on curves because she's she's like standing on a box <laughs> working on a curve. Like it's so funny. Like, but <laughs> yeah, the girl who calls a shuttle though. She, she she's pretty hot. Yeah, okay. which is ultimately just Uber, but. And then we have a few other, I think our actual owner of the dealership, her, his daughters are pretty hot. I shouldn't be saying this, but I don't really care. It's pretty <laughs> funny. They don't, they're not going to see it. I was going to say, we didn't know. No? You don't think they'll see it? If they do. <laughs> the HR comes across. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they slide the video across on the manager's desk. Yeah. You might want to see this. <laughs> oh, I have a reputation in my fucking work. Okay. Like, okay. Well, because like, that's the thing. It's like, I, I thought I could like. I thought I could like talk to one or two of my friends and just shit's good. I don't care the dealerships because like 
I don't know, other workplaces, like, oh, we're a family and stuff, which is, like, that's a lot of bullshit most of the time, but, like, when a car dealership says that, oh, no, it's fucking true. It's just, like, they are so, t- like, tightly knit. Like, we are, we are an actual, like, support system. It's super nice. It's, it's just, like, told one or two people about my money, which I don't really care about it now. By the end of the fucking shift, I had, like, people, some, like, seven texts around me. It's like, oh, Ian, you got money. It's like, what the fuck? I told two people. Like, so it's like, word spreads fast. It can. Which is, I don't know, my work's, it's, it's, it's the thing is, people, I know there's people who don't like me, because, again, Potato Girl and Ten Year Old, they're in the group of people who don't like me. We gotta just, make a new name for a ten-year-old. No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh gosh. They don't like me because, like, I don't know. Just ever since I started, they just. I know I'm socially awkward. I, I'm hundred percent. I'm not medically diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I'm on the spectrum of autism. Because some of the shit in autism, of like, you say stuff that you you don't think is offensive or is bad. Mm-hmm. But in the real world, it's fucking, you're just being a douche or you're just being like, it just, I've noticed that. I'm like, oh, I've, I've said that shit as in jokes, but most people take me seriously. I don't know why. They don't, they don't realize I'm joking. So just like, I come off as a douchebag. People think I've beef with them because I say a joke thinking I'm funny, but I'm not. And that is, apparently that is a big thing in autism. You're kind of like Mr. Johnson. You kind of like... Some of the jokes you tell, you're straight-faced. It's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. I've had to call him out on it before. I'm like, dude, I can't tell if you're joking or not. He's heard it before, though. <laughs> but. Love you, Kyle. <laughs> I, was, I think I was, okay, this is literally because I was just taking a pee, like, ten, five minutes ago. But, like, I was thinking about it, like, musically, this, this does make sense, though, because, like, musically, ever since I heard, not ever since, but th- that was the main album that, I talk backwards, by the way. I kind of go backwards in my conversation, so that's, that's what I'm just saying. But it was since the Tom Mick and Travis show, the live Blink-182 album, that was the album that didn't make me... I, I was already in love with Blink-182 from that, but before that, because mm-hmm. of my older brother. But since that album, that's the album that made me realize, I want to play in a band. It sounds like fucking fun. But I think because of their banter on stage, and I think that's the thing, is like, I have... I think I'm a comedian. Yeah. I could be a comedian, honestly. If I really, really tried. If I yeah. really put my mind to it, I probably could be a good stand-up comedian because, like, I have some delivery things to work on because I have delivery issues of... I can make funny things unfunny because of my delivery. So I have to work on that. But, like, I could be funny if I wanted to be. But mm. I think it's because I've looked at Tom DeLong for so fucking long. It's 100% what it is. <laughs> that guy takes nothing seriously. So I'm like, I think I'm ta- I'm trying to be Tom DeLonge 2.0, I think. Because I just, I take nothing seriously. I think everything's a joke. Everything's just like, everything's a joke. <laughs> that's not like necessarily bad. Like No, not at all. But it's just like, it's just, that is what I've noticed. I am trying to be like him. Maybe that's what I'm trying to be like. Maybe. Are you okay with that? He's funny. He's charismatic. Yeah. I'm not very charismatic, but you know, I could be. You could be. <laughs> very well could be. 
I come off as a douchebag, like I said. Just like a lot of people think I'm just like not joking. Well, <laughs> that's, that, and that's the problem. Is like, I think it's time and placement too of your jokes because sometimes <laughs> I'm like, Ian, man, like shut up, bro. And that is called trauma. That is uh, from trauma, hundred yeah. percent. Hmm. So I don't know. Just uh, again, trauma is like a you you like me. I take it as again. I don't want things to be serious. I don't want things to be like, oh shit, we have to be. I don't know. Just, so in dark times, I try to make a joke, which is not appropriate a lot of times. To that's my coping mechanism. Ultimately, just like right. try to be funny or try to make a joke of things, which is most people don't get. That comes off as being a douche. I'm like, oh, this guy has no hurt because he's making a joke of shit. I'm like. I'm making a joke of it because I do have hurt. I don't want to be all like, yeah, like that is how I'm gonna deal with it. Is trying to make it funny uh, to make it not as serious. Which is fair because I think that's something that people might not know about Mr. Ian is uh, when it's a serious situation, you can be pretty serious. But there, like, I've never taken you to be too serious, so that's how I know your humor. But some people don't not like they don't know that about you, and then you'll say a joke, and I'm like. <laughs> Man, like it's it's hilarious, but dude, like these people don't know you, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it for you, AJ. That's all I'm doing for you. Well, that's the thing. It's just like I'm tr- maybe that's a thing of to me. That's a thing of comedy. It's just like, okay, I think the thing that ruined me and the trend that ruined me of is people to be being like, oh, that's savage, and trying to be as savage as possible. I think that's what ruined me. So. <laughs> I'm trying to be as savage as possible. <laughs> and that trend is over and dead. But I've kept on going. So people think I'm a douche. Because I'm just like being savage, I guess. I don't know. Ian's like, I liked that trend. So I kept going with it. <laughs> Which is all right. I mean, it is you. <laughs> no, from now on out, I will be the planker. I will plank at... No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's a lot of core work. I don't have core work. <laughs> We work on my core. Oh, okay. Well, everything's a stepping stone, you know. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> Pretty much, ultimately. But yeah, it's, it's, so if you see me and I'm joking about random shit that shouldn't be joked about, I am only joking because I'm actually feeling it. That is, that is no. when you know I'm actually feeling it. It's because I'm joking about it. We're not joking about it. This is actually being like a weird, serious person right now. If I'm not joking about it, I can't connect with it, which is weird to say, but that's the gist of it. If you I'm stay actually, quiet on those situations then? In a way, yeah. Okay. It's like, I just don't connect with it. I don't feel anything towards it. But if I am joking about it, that's when you know. It's like, oh, shit, Ian's like, he has some compassion towards it because that's how I'm coping with it. It's right. just humor. Even if it doesn't come off as that. Exactly. <laughs> Even like, okay, maybe... the. We kind of talked about it before. We won't bring it up. Maybe we'll bring it up a bit. But Ukraine stuff. Yeah. I was in some serious shit when I went overseas in Ukraine. And I'll say 2022, the whole invasion, just, just to make a timestamp in case, in case the aliens find this and wonder what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> but um, pretty much there's like shit there. There's like serious situations there. Just joking about it because I was not. I was scared shitless a lot of times. Yeah. So I tried to make jokes about it to be all like, oh, this is. Not as bad as it is, but no, it's, it's pretty bad there. Right. Like, it just, like, again, I went from, like, they call us Call of Duty guys, or the Call of Duty group, and I'm, I was so against them for so long. Even when I came back, I'm like, I was better than them. I knew what to do. I knew how to use a weapon. I knew, I knew how to use AKs. I knew, I knew how to use all this stuff. 
because I played airsoft, which yeah. yes, it did help a lot. A lot of like weapon knowledge and like how to ro- even to reload a weapon that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. But like, I was still a, I still I was still a Call of Duty guy. I was yeah. still like I had no tr- actual training. I was still just like went from playing Warzone to being in an actual war zone. Yeah. Like I was the I was making money off of Call of Duty 2 before I went to that that is the funniest thing. I was the epitome of the Call of Duty guy. <laughs> like I made a living off of playing that game and I literally instantly went from playing that game to the day after Zelensky said, "Oh, we will we will give you a weapon, we'll give you everything you need to fight with us." Okay. Like I decided to go. So just like it was, it was, I don't know. It was, yeah, again, the epitome of Call of Duty guy. So, which, I have to finally accept that. But, like, that that definitely messed me up quite a lot. And, again, we were talking about this before, but, like, the whole adrenaline thing and stuff. And, like, before I went, I played with you guys at Ladder's Hell. And that was, like, a wild, wild time. Like, I went on, obviously you guys had some tech issues with the sun and the laptop and shit. Like, mm-hmm. but the song, the last song, Vices, when I came on stage, things were good. The tech was good. The guitars were good. So we fucking went off. Like, all of us went off. Yeah. And, like, I had a great time. I was fucking super energetic. I was around the whole, that's, that's the thing. If, if you know me before, I guess I'll say... Ukraine. I, I will. I will have Ukraine as a timestamp in a way, or a time mark. If you know me before that, I was filling the stage so much, super energetic, just walking back and forth, just because like I grew up on the whole Avenue Theater stage, which that stage was fucking fifty feet long. Yeah. So like a local band had to fill out a fifty foot long stage. <clears throat> so that's where I got my energetic stage presence. Versus coming back from Ukraine, I think Serenade was my first time being back on stage, which was my own band, which we had our own internal issue. Or I had my own internal issues with that. Not issues, okay, not issues, but like our first jam was January 1st, which I couldn't make it because I was in the hospital because I fucked up my leg during you guys' set the day before. Okay, yeah. When I fell. And I was Oof. super drunk, and yeah, that was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we, we were a band as of January 1st. So we had a month and a half of jamming before Serenade, and that was, like, once a week. I think back then we were jamming it three times, the set three times a week, or three times in one jam, just three yeah. times a week. Right. So it was pretty decent, but, like, that is not enough time for, like, at least me, who is maybe mentally challenged. Probably am mentally challenged, but especially after the past year of going through the trauma I went through. Trying to remember, remember, ah, remember those lyrics in that time span was very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So half that show was trying to remember the lyrics, but half of it was being awkward because, like the adrenaline wasn't there like the whole like oh my god you on stage you in front of people wasn't there anymore because kind of being shot at and having bullets whiz, whiz past your face fucking it like yeah literally me inches past where you can feel 
the air the bullet pushes past against your face. Yeah. Knowing if your face was an inch or two to the left, that would have been you. Good night, Irene. <laughs> yeah, so for for some context here for everyone listening, um, there was some time spent in Ukraine during the war, the, the war that still yeah. goes on. And I know you said that as a timestamp, but it's like, that's a that's a big factor. I don't even know how to really dive into that for you. Um, it's obviously a, a big staple point. Episode two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could do another episode for sure. We probably will. But um, At least for that stuff, because that stuff is, again, like I told you before, I'm going through my healing process right now. I'm going through therapy right now for it. Because like, yeah. if you've known me beforehand... I was I, I was a different person. Like you knew me. Like I was very I don't know, just I'm very held back now. I'm very I can go crazy in the pit still, but not like I used to. I used to I was going balls out, just like going crazy and just like now I do have a social anxiety, have a lot of like I don't want to say scared of people, but like it's it's and this is gonna be a whole therapy session of it, but like therapy side of it, but like just like do it. Not scared of people, but in a way of like I'm scared of what people think in a way. Because again, it's just like a lot of it is like a lot of shit I've been feeling. And again, uh, again, this is being very jumbled and kind of like going one from one point to another point across the board. It's very not complicated, but like the whole adrenaline thing is one thing of like I get I get bursts of adrenaline I don't know what to do with and that some kind of, sometimes can come out in anger but I, supp- I I suppress that a lot as AJ said before we were we were recording he's never seen that because I suppress it a lot I only do it around myself like I told him my neighbors know I fucking have anger issues <laughs> they they fully know it but they you know have a punching bag oh no I can't have that shit in my house not yet when okay. I get my new when I get my new place I will but nice. like. It's not even that. It's not even I want to punch shit. It's just like it's just, it's just you have. I'm not a full white boy, okay. I don't want to punch you when I'm angry. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. Kidding. No. I'm not Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's just like I don't know what to do with this adrenaline, and, and and it comes out in anger because like I don't know what to do with it, and that's the only. You get adrenaline from anger, obviously. You ever thought you about being a drummer? Well, I've, I've always you've seen me air drumming and this thing is even yeah. even Franco if, if people know Franco or Danko Dokes he even said dude your air drumming is like on time with some songs and I think I think the thing for me for drumming again this is getting very beers don't help but this is getting very like ping pong like very random thoughts but that's how I am it's full ADHD I am full ADHD I've learned I embrace it let's go but like <laughs> He even said, "Like, dude, I think I just with drumming. I need to listen. To, I need to listen to a track. Give me some sticks. And I'll try to follow along with the track in my headphones. Yeah, I think that's that's what I need to do. Because like with that, I know what to do. But yeah, anyways, with adrenaline and shit, that that's that's a whole different side of like the whole like emotional side of it. Because a lot, even like I, I don't know, I'm held back because like." I talk about it a lot. People know I talk about Ukraine a lot. Especially when I'm drinking. You will hear Ukraine in my mouth every sing- almost every single time. I'm getting a lot better, but just because like, I need to process it more. I'm going through therapy. I need more therapy. I need, I need like two or three hours a week because like, some of the stuff I just have... 
from the stuff I've seen and done, shit is just like, it's just, I'm a normal person. I didn't go through the training. I didn't go through the whole military desensitization process, which that is, that is a process. They, they tell you, you're going to go over and see this stuff. You're going to go see, you're going to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that. I kind of got it. Like I, you know, I did some training, some, I, I focused on physical training, not mental training. And going over there, I've learned it's more mental stuff than physical. Yeah. Like, an overweight person could do whatever, but it's the mental side of, like, you are going to see some stuff you will probably never, ever forget, which that is 100% what has happened. Mm-hmm. Like, There's some stuff you won't show me because you know my eyes are too... I won't show like, anyone. I won't tell anybody. I There's a situation... The reason I came home, the, the idea was I will break it down quickly because I kind of do want to get past this point. I will go on forever otherwise too, but like the idea was spend 27 days there, come back for two weeks, spend another 27 days there. It was going to be like a repeat kind of thing for as long as I could possibly do. There was an event that happened, or a series of events that happened, and I felt it was not safe for myself as well as mentally I couldn't take it. There was stuff I did or didn't do actually that I will always live have to live with myself for. And some of the stuff I didn't do I will admit cost some people's lives. Which I am not proud of, but I'm like not gonna really get into that, but like it just that's always gonna stick with me all all the time. It's that hesitation of like, oh, I should have done this, or I should have done that when I came home, and that, that was kind of what is eating me alive in a way. This is maybe getting too personal, maybe too personal for your podcast, but I, I really don't care. But it's just, like, it just, I don't give a fuck. I think, I think that's why I'm kind of held back nowadays. So that's why I'm missing a lot of shows. There's a lot of, there's been a lot of good shows the past little bit that I've just like, maybe some because I was tied with work too, but like a lot of it is just like. I have this social anxiety of like, oh, maybe people don't want to see me there, or people don't want to me, don't want me there because of so and so. Because I have lost a lot of friends of like, like my one, honestly, best friend. Like, there was a romantic side with her, but that's a whole different issue. But some of this, some of the reasons she stopped talking to me and she wants, she wants disconnect from me is because morally. She couldn't deal with it. She couldn't deal with my... Mm. She, she's an overthinker like me, though, too. But she knows exactly what I did there. And that, that mm. is probably why she morally couldn't be friends with me anymore. She appreciates the hurt and the courage I showed by going over there, but she morally couldn't be friends with me anymore, which... That sucked. Yeah. <laughs> that sucked a lot. Like, yeah. Which I found is quite normal in I don't want to say soldiers lives which but that is kind of what I am or was I want to say was because I am not a soldier I am not a trained soldier I'm not I participated in something I probably shouldn't have but it's just where my heart was I have again ping pong of random shit but the reason I went there to begin with is because I have a lot of friends there quite a lot of friends there there were missions trips for my church that went there like pretty much there was a yearly Ukraine mission missions trip with my church every single year we went there 
That is where I learned a lot of stuff about Ukraine, met a lot of friends. First, the joke was ultimately when this whole war is done, I will use an actual toilet. Because I've never used an actual toilet there. It's all been. If if you've played Call of Duty or anything in Russia, even in Russia, just communist area of that area, a lot of places don't have toilets. It's like a grate with where you put your feet and like a hole so you have to like squat over and like do your business so that's the goal use a real toilet when this is time use a real toilet in ukraine so just it just it just shit like that so just that's probably why i went to just those friends i had a friend killed friend and his wife while they were laying in bed killed the very first night of the invasion that's again that's the main reason why i'm like um, I gotta go. I see. <laughs> like, just, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I sat there for like two hours in my apartment thinking, what if that was me? Mm-hmm. What if that was me and my cats laying in my bed? Just a random missile or rocket hit my place and just boom. I wasn't there anymore. How is that fair? So that's kind of why. And you saw me. You saw me for months. Like just like ready. Just like. That's where my hurt lied. But that is kind of where a lot of my shit kind of downfalled is because, like, coming back from it, I'm, I'm not the same. I'll never be the same. But, like, musically, that's why I'm stoked lately is because, like, the past little bit, like, coming back again, very sidetracked. I was trying to get back to the serenade. Yeah. Um, it's very awkward on stage, very robotic, very, like... People thought I was. That's my first time on stage. Cause like, oh, you were very shy and you didn't know what you didn't know what you're doing. I'm like, yo, I know what the fuck I'm doing. You just, I, I just been through have, a lot, yo. Exactly. You don't you know, even like, know. <laughs> the adrenaline wasn't there, which whoever's a musician knows exactly what I'm talking about. That adrenaline of being on stage. Mm-hmm. That's what you guys live for. <laughs> but right. it wasn't there. It right. wasn't fulfilling my adrenaline level. We so were like, we were kind of talking about that. Um, before the podcast but uh your start in the scene i'm just figuring out it was around 2005 2006 2005 right 2005 november 2000 no yeah no november 2005 november 7 2005 it's a show at the orange hall which was in this white ave if you know if you know the place steel wheels right behind there it's kind mm. of it's a very if you know whatever in Edmonton you know where the orange hall is but there was hardcore shows there hardcore punk shows and they were ooh they were grungy they were grungy they were violent they yeah. got very violent and stuff typical like I think the orange hall shows were the reason a lot of bands who come through here call out Edmonton hardcore is because of those shows Okay. So that's why like despise.com is like we wanna okay, no despise.com is a, that's a different thing. That's a whole different situation. But like other bands, like even oh what was the last band I saw? Well you were not, there recently. Not the last band I saw, okay. The last band I remember calling on Edmonton I think it was stick okay, stick to your guns. Okay. Because I think I think they played the Orange Hall when they were smaller. They were still pretty big but smaller. Yeah. Like, we had we had a reputation of like just wild Violent show, violent quotations. When did they play there? 
2006, probably. So when they were super, like, just busting out. Kinda, yeah, yeah, one of their first, first, like, whole, like, North American tours or whatever. So just, it was a very long time ago. But, yeah. Like, we, were, we were known as, like, if you had a band, you had to stop in Edmonton and Calgary because you would get a huge response. Okay, in- one of Edmonton's OGs, I can say. Now, can I say that? <laughs> uh, fuck you, Cole Green. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I told them I we almost took Cole. offense at that because, like, <laughs> you called him an Edmonton OG, and I'm like, bruh, I was in the shows when he was in diapers. No, I'm just kidding. I, I did have a crush on his sister. His sister's hot. Well, <laughs> Megan Green just goes out. I'm just kidding. Oh. That sounds so creepy. <laughs> this is live, dude. I don't edit any of this shit. God. I know. I know. Okay. Anyways. We all went to school with each other. <laughs> my sister was Megan's Megan's friend for a while. I took my sister and Megan to a stereo's signing in West End. Oh shit! So yeah, that's how oh. that's how far that goes back. Like, holy fuck, stereos. Yeah. Well, aren't they still kind of performing? Kind of. If you know, if you know fucking Stallard, yeah, that's Mike's brother on guitar, the vocalist. Oh, okay, and he wants no one to know about it. <laughs> He's so embarrassed about it. He's like, he doesn't say it to anybody. But if you know, you know. Okay, and well now, now everyone knows. Now you know. <laughs> the dude on guitar, I think he's lead guitarist in Stereos, is Mike from Stallard. What's his last name? It's been a while. Vocalist from Stallard as his brother, and he's ashamed of him. Hmm. Ashamed. But both are like pretty awesome bands in their own rights, you know? Oh, like, yeah, exactly. But I think Mike stopped playing music to go aspire to be a WWE wrestler. Really? Calgary. Yeah, 100%. Oh, shit. There was like a wrestling school in Calgary. He went, he moved to Calgary, went to pursue that and stuff. So, like, he tried to be a WWE wrestler. I don't think it panned out, but, like... Uh, you gotta give it a shot. Exactly. He gave it a shot. That's yeah. exactly what happened, so... Stallard, uh... How long were they around for? Long time. 2010, at least. Till... Maybe... 2015? No. 2014? The... The downfall of Raised Fist, ultimately, to be honest. Oh, okay, so... 2015, 2016? Was it? I'd say... They were still hosting oh, shows around right, then. Fair enough. I, I think their last show was Bermuda. They did a big show, like a touring band show. It was Bermuda and another band, another like beatdown band at mm. Rendezvous. So that was, I was at the show because Bermuda's fucking sick. Yeah. But like, yeah. But yeah, Ryan knew how to get the big bands through too. I think it was 2014 because I think I still had my 50Z. No. Uh, oh shit! Did I? No, 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 no. no. Hmm. Shit! This is yeah, twenty fifteen. Because you know, I, I had my it's before I was in the scene. Yeah, I had my fifty Z until twenty fourteen, like okay. end of twenty fourteen. Someone t boned me. And I think. Oh, this is so hard to think. That was a I, sick car, bro. I had my G35 after that, like a month after that, just same car pretty much, but gray. Yeah. I think he did the Vale of Mayor show at Pawn Shop. I don't think it, I don't think it was Ray's Fist, but I think he did that, I think. Hmm. 
Fuck, I can't remember now. It wasn't through Ray's Fist? No. Because he did pawn shop stuff. Yeah. Remember for a while, and that wasn't Ray's Fist. Yeah, I'd say probably early 2015, maybe late 2014, end of Raised Fist. Okay. So, yeah, but they were up until that point, so that makes sense. So. Sick. But, um. Well, just, like, stemming back to, like, you being in the scene around that time, and then you've been around since. That's, we're coming up almost on 20 years, bro. (laughs) Like. I guess so, shit. Yeah, after next year. Yeah, I was going to say. 20 years. The next step from, from Orange Hall was Avenue Theater, well, Avenue Skate Park at that point. Mm-hmm. And that was the best. Like, shit, if you wanted the Avenue Skate Park days, you missed out. Those were the best. Even, I said Despised Icon before, this is when Despised Icon came into the picture. Because they were on tour in 2007. For their album, album tour, it was a big tour for them. Their first headlining tour, mm-hmm. they played Avenue Skate Park in that fucking half pipe. And in their DVD of that tour, they even said, "Dude, our favorite show ever was Edmonton in that half pipe." Yeah, like they were. Oh man, and I was in that fucking video. You can see me. You can see me in the crowd. I'm like, dude, nice. that's. I look like a fucking loser, but like, you know, I had no style back then, no Riz, but like, you could see me. I look stupid, like. Did you have your glasses then? Yeah, too? I, yeah, yeah. I have my glasses, my big foofy hair. It okay. was gross. <laughs> it's different. Well, yeah, fucking. From that, it went, yeah, still Avenue Skate Park. I think randomly in 2009, that's when they changed it to Avenue Theater because like no one was mm. really skating there anymore. Right. They put a giant stage. It got little. Like I said, a fifty foot, fifty foot long stage over their bowl, and that's what was underneath the bowl. So if you fell through the stage, you were falling a long drop because it wasn't just the fucking. I think it was a five foot tall stage, so you'd fall that five feet. Plus the nine feet of the bowl, so you they were falling. They didn't like do feet. anything underneath the stage. No, it was just stage on top of the fucking bowl. Whoa! So if you fell off the stage, you were falling a decent height. Yeah, you were breaking a leg or two. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, oh my god! But it was that was that was the good times. Like that was like I don't know. To me, since that was I don't know, I was introduced. To a few people in the headcore scene, not just because there was a whole like Christian side of stuff back then. Cause it was right. the 2010s, and you know how Christian hardcore was top <laughs> shit back then, under oath and stuff, and hate yeah. the day and all that. Yeah. So like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> before that, I was just going to shows just because I'm like, oh, that's cool. This show, my schoolmates. Because the thing is, my schoolmates took me to my first show. Right. So that's what happened. But then, like, I went with my friends. I met these guys, the Christian hardcore scene. And they were playing in the band. Um, back then, it was a... They were a punk band. Punk, in a way. Punk hardcore called Die Daily. Okay. Then they became As as Bulls as Lions. Oh, okay. It was a split between As Bulls as Lions and guys from the other band. Um, this very day. Yeah, which they were signed. I remember that band. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff yeah. and Daniel from this very day. And then um, James from fucking Die Daily. And then I think Nate. 
did Nate play with? He was a drummer. Who honestly, for his Bulls Lions, their drummer, Nate, Nate Ham. No offense to you, but like, he's he's a very technical drummer. Like he was very, he listens to black metal. Like he's that yeah. kind of drummer. Just like he's a close. He was he's probably the most talented musician of that group as Bulls Lions. So it just went from that, and then of course, Avenue Theater had a weird changeover. I think they didn't want to. And it was fucking weird. I don't know why they did this. They built a second stage on the other side of the fucking place, ultimately, mm-hmm. where the sound booth used to be. And then they put the sound booth on the 50-foot side stage and put a railing on it so people could watch from there. So it was like a smaller stage, which I kind of got, but I don't know. It was just weird. I don't know. I didn't like it. I like the 50-foot stage. I like the big stage. Right. I don't know why, but like, I don't know. The smaller Avenue stage was kind of weird. Still good shows. Really good shows. That was like Deadbeat. Like, if you know Dom and Papa Phil back in the day, that was their band, Deadbeat. Um, MVCP was kind of still around. Fuck. That was, that was, that was some... Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, I was thinking like, Wait, Vespertine Battle Scene was around, but no, they played a reunion show on the small stage of Avenue. That's why I remember them playing that. And that was Justin Muscovy's band, who's a drummer for fucking False Body. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, she goes back a long time. I remember yeah. like being 14, drinking booze behind the abandoned Dairy Queen parking lot. Or behind the abandoned Dairy Queen in general, across the street from Avenue. That's why you need to go drink booze. Yeah. There's, just, there's like random pockets of people drinking. Like random yeah. groups of people just drinking there. Hmm. They didn't interact with each other. They were just like, oh, we're just here to drink. Yeah. Stay out of our group. It was just, it was, huh. I miss it. It was kind of hood, like hood rat shit, but yeah. I miss it. <laughs> like, yeah. I was actually talking to um, Lane on last Saturday who was in that scene she's married to Cody Weisenberg the guy from MVCP he's a vocalist from Furthermore too okay yeah now but yeah they're they're married together but like she was actually the first girl like the first person I was with at my first show and I'm walking to her aunt's or her grandma's house them to change you know how emo girls were back then they had to oh. change to something else yeah so, yeah yeah it was, huh. it was good shit like, it was good like, re- reminiscing with her too because we were like oh remember this show remember that yeah, show yeah. like and you've seen them all <laughs> you've been around the block seeing a lot of shows being in some bands and now you know i want to dive a little bit into you know deep fried and mucus not yet, God. Oh, well, come on. We didn't like, even get into my toy stuff, God. Well, we could do that if you want. Exactly. We have to go through the timeline. There's a whole timeline <laughs> of stuff. Otherwise, I wanted to skip that personally. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Oh, well. my, there goes my phone. Oh, it's well. a loud bang. Whatever. Fuck it. I don't need a distraction. But anyways, um, I guess the whole timeline of that is like going for my shows every day. Just Well, because okay, I, I was touring with this Bulls Lions um and falsity fall that time because i was doing guest vocals for 1629 the song 1629 nice um but the as well as lines tours were we did cornerstone okay no we failed cornerstone the first year 
We got detained for like nine hours at the border. We had like some dude, like I had some dude watch me take a shit. It was wild. He was in the stall while I was taking a shit. Were you in as bold as lines? Officially, for the last little bit for vocals, yes, but I was doing merch for them mostly other than that. So this is like doing merch for them, being there. Unofficial six. It's like, it's like you guys. I'm I'm unofficial six member. I'm just like I'm there to do everything else. Okay. So you failed Cornerstone the first year. What does that mean? You you guys didn't play that show. Well, we paid to be on the stage. We paid for a bunch of stuff, oh. but we had no visas. Mm. So even if you're not being paid for, for the show, they're like, "Well, we have no visas. We can't we can't let you go." It's like, Ooh. well, we literally had. The corner store, cornerstone organizer, email them telling them as bold as lions is earning zero money. They have paid themselves to play on the stage. They are making no income. That is that. That's the gist of it. And they're still saying no. Nope, we can't go. So we got blacklisted from the states for like eleven days. Ooh. The span of the cornerstone festival. Right. So so even if we try to fly. They'd be like, yeah, you can't go. You're blacklisted. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, okay, so the to- that tour went just through Canada then? What do you mean? Uh, the the one that uh, you didn't go to Cornerstone. Because did you guys eventually go to Cornerstone? Oh, yeah, the year after. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but the funny thing is, too, um, this was our second attempt into the States. The first attempt was an actual full tour with the band to speak of wolves. Okay. Um... But again, we had no visas. We, we went to the Saskatchewan um, border crossing, or we tried to. We deleted everything offline, or we thought everything offline, until we realized, oh, these border guides are super thorough. They found on the Speak of Wolves tour site, one of their like record people, whatever, Posted on the tour dates, they found those. Because because we told, I guess we told the border we were going to New York to go record. Yeah. So we weren't making, we weren't playing shows, and that that was allowed. Yeah. But of course, since they did a bunch of search and they found the tour dates, like, oh, you're playing a bunch of these shows. (laughs) Like, they denied us. Yeah, that was a pretty devastating, devastating feeling. I remember being in the Boston Pizza in York. Is it Yorkton? Yorkton. It's Yorkton. Just feeling shitty and devastated. It's like, bro, we were, we were this close. They were about to let us through. And then they just found those tour dates. Yeah. So that was our, that was our first attempt. Second attempt again. We were detained for fucking nine hours, literally like in a room, not like handcuffed, but like huh. in a room, couldn't leave it. If we used the bathroom, they had to literally watch us. Because, again, if we were throwing out anything, we shouldn't. So that was a fun experience. Which was funny because, like, again, being sidetracked. Maybe this being too personal because I haven't really told anyone. AJ Podcast exclus- exclusive. Ooh. Um, um, this sounds awful, and this is not who I am anymore. But back then, I had very bad trouble sleeping because my my dad just passed away like a year before that. Just I see. bad insomnia. The thing that was helping me fall asleep was pain meds. My friend was getting into it and stuff. And he said, oh, I have this. And I'm like, oh, this just makes you sleepy. So I'm like, oh, I'll bring a few of these with me because it will help me fall asleep on this giant, like, week-long fucking festival. About, like, 
10 kilometers before the border, that's when I realized I have illegal drugs on me. I have illegal drugs in Ziploc bags. And we are going over an international border. Mm. I have to get rid of these ace. <laughs> so yeah. like, of course, I was with a Christian group too. I was, I was high. Obviously, I was hiding it because like it was. I was using them as sleeping pills, which they had not for sleeping pills at all. Ultimately, but like, right. I had to do a whole, a whole like sneaky thing of like open the every window, throw them out and shit without wow. anyone noticing. Yeah, I did it because at first I was thinking, oh, I can maybe hide them in like my DS or like hide them somewhere then I realize this is the border this is exactly what they're looking for yeah. this is exactly what they're looking for so yeah threw them out the window like, opened the window quickly threw them out it was almost like a, it was almost like, like a scene of a movie as soon as I closed the window looked up John the vocalist at the time who doesn't really like me was just staring directly at me I'm like Fuck, he saw me throw these out the window. I don't know if he did see me throw them out, but like he yeah. was just, he was acting like he did see me. So I'm just like, yeah. shit, like he's not going to say anything, but like, fuck, he knows. <laughs> so just, I don't know, it's just, it's a funny story. Yeah. It's a stupid, funny fucking 18 year old Ian of like, you could have been fucked completely by the law. And I'm glad you found clarity. Like before it happened, otherwise, yeah, I would have been in deep shit. Cause like again, this is like oxycotton before it was like the whole blow up event. So just like right at the border, ooh, yeah, ooh, that would have been bad. That could have been bad. So for sure. yeah, fun shit. But like, anyways, from that we went on tour a second, I guess a third time to the states. This time was a lot better because we actually got. Like timeline, we actually got signed for to a small independent Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Massachusetts. The stupid state. That stupid okay. state for the states. That Massachusetts. I don't fucking know. Huh. But okay. yeah, um, it was called Red Cord Records. Oh, sick. But um, yeah, we got signed from them. Went to the states. Did a whole fucking. I think we toured the states. Five times? Six times. No, four times. Did you guys play Cornerstone? I'm so curious. That was the that one time we played Cornerstone. Okay, okay. We played the Cornerstone the next... No, no, four, four tours in the States. Four, four, U, four... Backhand off. Four full U.S. tours we That's did. Cool. Just pretty fun. I uh, did Falsity Falls, all of Canada tour with Breaking the Fourth Wall... We did the we did Europe in twenty thirteen I think with them. Twenty thirteen or twenty twelve we I did Europe with Falsity Fall. I want to say twenty twelve. I think mm. it was twenty twelve we did that. Okay. And then of course that same year twenty yeah it must be twenty twelve because twenty twelve early that year in November of twenty twelve I did. Tour merch, tour managing for structures. Nice. Like out of Scarborough structures uh, in UK for the Pequod Drive tour. Nice. Which was wild because like Pequod Drive was like my favorite band. It still is, but like the new shit. Yeah. You know, it's it's the new shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah we did, I did that. That is kind of what got me in the whole tour managing scene. 
I only did one other band, which we'll get into in a bit, but like the only reason I got that was because of someone from MVCP. He was doing much for them to begin with. He didn't have a passport for their UK stuff. I did. My family's from the UK. They were kind of stupid of like, oh, Ian, your family's from the UK. You know the UK. Come with us. I was like, I've been there twice. Mm-hmm. I don't know shit about it, but okay, I'll still go with you. So, did that. That was a hella fun time. Nice. That's dope. That was a really, really fun, fun fucking time. <sighs> and um, did Australia with Germany. After that, with the band Close Your Eyes. Okay. So. And you were doing merch for them. Yeah, just okay. merch, not tour manager, but just merch. Okay, sick. So that was a fun fucking time. I uh, knew. No well, because we had them, again, they were a Christian hardcore band. We met them back in 2010. Connections and shit. And I'm like, oh, I had a tour manager for structures. Maybe I'll come join you guys or whatever. Jokingly. And of course, like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. C- come on. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll come with you then. Sure. I'm going to come to Australia. That was with. No bagging rights, Gideon. Wow. Who's the other fucking band? Solid Bill so far. Ah, <laughs> oh, who was on the band? There's another band that was with them too. Fuck, that hmm. was. I just remember Merck from No Bagging Rights getting humped by a fucking koala. So he oh. went to a zoo and he. Yeah. This koala was like full on, like grinding on him. It was hilarious. I think I have pictures somewhere, but that nice. was on mine. Again, I went from Google to fucking iPhone. Yeah. Trying to find pictures in that fucking... I do have them somewhere, but just trying to find them in that whole clusterfuck of different systems sucks. Do you keep in touch with any of those people that you've gone on tour with? Kind of. Typical Facebook relationship of like... Yeah. Don't really message each other, but just like comment on each other's shit randomly. So... Yeah, not too much. Kind okay. of, but not really. Uh, I was mostly friends with Shane from Close Your Eyes, which he actually left the band. Okay. Um, was, who was Shane? Was he the vocalist? The vocalist, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, most of the people I was friends with kind of left the bands. Obviously, Structures kind of just broke apart. Yeah, they kind of... Structures became, I don't know. Yeah. Their EP's all right, their new one, but... It's like a three-piece now? Yeah, so. they're not being... They weren't as... They're not as serious as they were. Yeah. With Nick and stuff doing vocals for them. Because Nick... Can never say his last name? Had an X in it. Fuck. Ex- oh. And I'm going to attempt it. But yeah, he was... I don't know. Like, I think... Uh, Spyros is doing their vocals and guitar at the moment. They're just not... Don't look us. They grew up. They got jobs. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're working eight-hour days. We don't have time for music anymore. We yeah. want to do music, but we don't have time for music, so... Fuck. That's, just, that's the shittiest thing. Like, 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 we can get into this more now, because, like... I've noticed the past year, especially... I know you weren't super involved in the Discord, but you were involved more in other stuff, but, like... Me, Sabian, Pierce, fucking Big Nate, even Little Nate... We we had a Discord going. We we were fucking bumping the Discord, and then like every single night playing Call of Duty or doing something. And then all of a sudden, I think Big Nate got well. No, Little Nate got a job with Kyle, which he kind of opted out then. 
Then Big Nate moved from Medicine Hat to Calgary right. and became super fucking busy because he was hustling in yeah. a new city, which is fucking scary anyways. He's in like a million bands now and has a girlfriend. <laughs> no. You're a busy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that a look of disappointment? Look of shame. Shame. I'm kidding. I'm never shameful of Big Nate. But like, we were vibing every single night. And then, yeah, Sabian went to day shift at his work because it was a promotion. I got a job at Toyota. Yeah. We all grew up. We we all grew up at thirty. Yeah, yeah. For real. <laughs> That's For the real. best part. It's like we should have been doing this ten years ago. But I mean, like, you guys are still doing like you know all those people still have bands and they're doing stuff and like even for you like your last show was I would in my opinion was a huge success. Oh, that was fun as hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is I've again going back to the whole self conscious thing or self. Not self-conscious. Eh, self-confidence. Yeah, it's a thing of, like, being vocalist, I was very perfectionist. I'm like, oh, that was shitty because it wasn't, it wasn't perfect kind of thing. Mm. That played a big role in my life. And now I've learned over the past couple shows, over the past little bit, who the fuck cares if it's good? If you had fun, people can see that you had fun. Right. And they had fun because you had fun kind of thing. That's kind of where it kind of lies, because, like, you're, but I think it's kind of, st- okay, the day I got my confidence back of stage, being stage comfortable, and I say stage comfortable being, of, for me, is having energy, having, moving on stage, not just staying in one place, or just, I don't know, just having charisma on stage, was your guys' emo night in September which mm. was that was the first night first day I went back to airsofting airsofting with no PTSD attacks which was a big thing for me that was right. I was scared of going to airsoft games because of that thing like I missed I missed the whole damn season of airsofting because I was kind of being a little bitch and like oh I I don't want to be in the field of the forest and have a PTSD attack and not know what to do right it's hmm. It's scary like that, yeah. PTSD is a, PTSD attacks are scary like that, but they're not that difficult to get. That, that sounds bad. They are difficult to get over, but they aren't that bad. I was it was on my mind. Mm-hmm. The, the worst of it was on my mind. I did an airsoft game that day. I had one close attack, but guess what? I went into my car, smoked some weed, came back out, totally fine. Okay. Having a great time, just yeah. back into it, just vibing again. That's it's all it took, and it made me realize, man, I was being a bitch all season. This could I could have been playing all season. But I mean, you had I, moments of like probably remembering what you seen. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because like we do use real flashbangs, we use real pyrotechnics. We Weapons. use so it's just like those loud bangs. Yeah. yeah definitely gets you into the whole like mood but then I realized oh yeah this is this is a game yeah. like yeah and you uh, stated that you've gone through some therapy for it oh yeah quite well once a week only about an hour a week but like okay it's something yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need I need a little bit more than that but you know it's, it's getting there it's with, it's, it's with a therapist who is from eastern Ukraine so she knows 
she's seen a lot of the stuff I've talked about, which mm-hmm. is a big thing. Because a lot of therapists, they stopped working with me because they were like, honestly, this is too much for us. We don't know what to do. This is actual, like, not, not actual, but this is actual, like, visual really bad trauma of like you've seen people get torn actual people get torn apart we don't know how to handle this properly we're right. used to we're used to like families fighting or like like children disagreeing with their parents they're not, they're not used to like actual like like a war guy coming in gory like, trauma yeah, yeah exactly. totally, totally. <laughs> so interesting which that that was half the struggle of trying to find a therapist like that but my one friend Patrick who has a Ukrainian wife who puts on plays and she, they did a, a play called um, ah shit what was it called System A but they met this this woman through that or whatever and she said oh she's she's a children's therapist but she was willing to take me on because she she's from Eastern Ukraine. She's kind of used to dealing with children. But kind of, I think this is where mine and her rela- relationship is good. is Because we're kind of experimenting. It sounds, in a non-sexual way, we're experimenting with each other. Okay. Because I'm her first, like, actual, like, foreign like, soldier. I don't want to, I hate using that fucking word. A foreign soldier client okay. and she's my first actual therapist to get stuff in a way so we're kind of just we're vibing off each other in a way so it's good nice. she, she's a little bit younger too she, I think she's like mid 30s she, she has a husband but like we just we get along very well she knows exactly what I'm talking about where I'm talking about which helps a lot but like that's a big help and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah getting back to the whole Shit, what were we talking about? Uh, well, before therapy, it was kind of like your history, your timeline with the, the band. You've gone through some tours. You're talking about the guy with clothes to your eyes. Close, I don't want to butch that band name. <laughs> Close your Close eyes. Close your eyes, yeah. yeah. Oops. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, but, but, but with that, yeah, no, just, well, you, you, I, okay, yeah, no, dude, back, back on track. My whole ADHD brain. Fucking the whole me, Nate. Sabian Discord shit kind of stuff. Just like oh, now I'm like confused. So we we had something going and now we lost it. Oh whatever. Okay, so you guys are just like you've you got jobs and now you know you're grown up and that's just kind of life, you know? Like you've hit all well except oh, little Nate. Yes, 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 yes. No, it's going I was going somewhere with you stuff. You were going somewhere yes, with it. Yes, with okay. the whole, like, emo night stuff. That okay. was the first day, okay, because the whole, like, um, you won the whole therapist shit, which threw me off, because I'm like, I was going somewhere with that shit. Oh, I see. Yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> it's all good. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that, that day was the first day I realized, I, oh, I can do airsoft without worrying about going there with, into an attack. I just have to take some time off, go to my car, do my do my thing, no matter what it is, drink some beer, talk some weed, whatever. indulge in the good shit, but like, just, which got me fucking stoked. Like, I was so happy at the end of it. I made, I made a few friends who mm. understood my shit, because one of them is an EMT, like a full-on EMT, who's like, he told me a story of like, he searched for like six hours, no joke, six hours on the side of the highway, looking for a dude's head. Until they until they had to call 
Okay, it just got obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> Which that Jesus. Accidents, that's that's that is what happens. Yeah. That is what happens. So I'm like, oh, okay, this guy This guy knows what's up. <laughs> like this guy's seen seen Shit. the same stuff I've done. So me and him get along quite quite well. I actually still message, message him quite a lot. But that was the same day as the emo night that you guys played in September. Mm-hmm. So I rushed home, got ready, had some me time, I was decently relaxed. Then got myself hyped up to go to Yoga's show. Then Yoga's show, that was the first on stage time I did for Vices where just like I felt the same adrenaline I did back that I did in Loud as Hell where I just went absolute ape shit where just like I felt it I felt good like knocked over that stand on me <laughs> yeah I fixed it I fixed yeah, it yeah 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 respect on the video I fixed it but yeah I, just, I was just I felt it finally and that was a that meant a lot that was a that was I don't know I don't show my emotions too much. I don't. I show some, but like not fully what it means to me. But that day, especially because of that, meant a lot because it showed me, oh, I'm back. Yeah. I'm back to how I used to be. Yeah. Which going through the shit I did overseas, I never thought would come back. So I'm like, oh fuck. I'm gonna keep going on with this. So obviously, from that show, we played your birthday party, which. I was, I was off for different reasons. I was off because I was sick. I was getting over sickness, mm-hmm. which I was very, very nervous about. But second of all, I was just... I think it was, you know, I was mostly being sick. Second of all, I was probably still trying to remember the lyrics mm-hmm. about songs because I didn't like them. And that was a big thing for me is if I didn't with the lyrics, it's really hard for me to remember them, especially because... We are like Cannibal Corpse. Our lyrics are very gory. Yeah. They jive with me 100%, but like it just, it's maybe some flashbacks of Ukraine stuff. That's why it's kind of, I have to force it to mm-hmm. be in me. I'm just like, okay, I have to remember this shit, dude. Like, yeah. what are you doing? So I think that's why it's hard for me, for me to rem- remember these lyrics, which is all good. It's still coming from the head of our guitarist who writes all the all the all the songs and stuff. It's his not past experiences because like some of our songs are pretty fucked up, but like it's pretty much it's, it's telling a story. Our right. first song is our um, it's about a schizophrenic dude, which that's kind of what the whole thing is about is a schizophrenic dude who says hey shit like. But it comes from Dakota's. Um, he pretty much walked in on his, one of his, again, gruesome details. One of his friends, I don't know if he died or killed himself. I think he just died. Oh, shit. Um, he was the one to find him. Yeah. After days of being just sitting there, which is. If you've seen a corpse and you've seen like a few days of it just sitting, sitting there, it's not a pretty sight. So just a lot of it comes from that. Um, that that's why it's hard for me to li- rem- rem- ah, remember these lyrics because it, it hits head f- for me too. Mm-hmm. Like we have a whole song about pretty much about war, like um, bodies of the forgotten, which it's kind of funny. Not funny, from my side of funny. I'm like oh, it's not ha ha funny, but weird funny. Yeah. Um, Dakota got it right. The lyrics he wrote for that is just like, wow. If I could put this even 
as as a Russian put put this compared to a Russian soldier, it would match up totally. I'm just like, dude, dude, you're here and okay, it's comp more complicated than this, but you kind of chose to be here. You chose to invade this land. If you end up dead and your body's just like rotting in this land forever. That's your fault, yeah. ultimately. You chose to be here. Like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, it gets more complicated than that in the real world, I know, but, like, it just, that's how the song is. So, like, he got it, he got a pinpoint accuracy on that of, like, wow, this is kind of true. So, just, like, it's, that stuff is gruesome, but it's not, it's, again, the way I take, I guess we're going full circle now, of, like, I take it as humor. Yeah, like, gruesome shit is not humorous to me, but I will make it humorous to me so I can deal with it better. Kind of okay. thing. That is how. That is ultimate. What our band is. Yeah. Like deep fighter mucus. Like well, I keep hitting you fucking blind. <laughs> Maybe we're sitting too close. I know. We're gonna move over a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, fucking. That's kind of how we are. Just like, we're trying to be gruesome but funny in a way. Right. I guess in a way nowadays, kind of like the whole like. Cannibal Corpse is always gruesome, but like the whole video of like the security guards of like this song is about shooting blood out my cock, <laughs> and the security guards are like, "Oh my god, what the fuck am I into <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now?" It's like that of like we're trying to be funny, but like kind of gross at the same time. When you picked up the wrong gig on Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, totally. <laughs> Why is it not the caption for that video? That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> his eyes are like, dude, what the fuck Yo, is I, I myself up for? I literally watched that yesterday morning. I was like, oh, this is kind of like, these guys don't want to be here. <laughs> well, there's oh. a, I don't know, Security Good videos are funny because there's that one of a Caseus, I think it was a Caseus strain, and the dude just starts getting into it. He's like, dude, this is... This is sick. And you can, yeah. You can tell he's... Okay, I almost need to show you this. Because my phone... Okay. Joe Rogan side of, like, me showing shit, shit to him, like, live. Mm-hmm. Oh, what am I in for? <laughs> what the hell am I going to be watching? Is this going to... Is this going to scare me, Ian? No, not at all. <laughs> this is funny as fuck. Okay. Oh no, that's not that one. It's somewhere in there. Oh no, that's a full fucking version. It's a full set. No Jesus. way. Okay, show me after. No, no, I think I found it. I think I found it. And the security guy's into it, eh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ooh. <laughs> that's awesome. The point of the point was like, ooh, that's a good breakdown. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna start headbanging because this is fucking sick. Totally. <laughs> I love how YouTube has a whole like it shows mm. like here. You know, I can't I can't explain shit. I have to visual like, visually show it. Right. But like YouTube has the whole like um, if I start moving the, the thing, 
the show highlights. Okay. I love how the hi- I, oh. I found it because that's where the highlight I is. See. Yeah. That's where the most people have fucking skipped to is that scene. That's awesome. But that guy's face, though. There's been a few, I think. Ooh. Oh, where is it? Ooh. That's spicy. He literally had the whoo face. Yeah. <laughs> Even this guy for Chelsea Grin. It's all, I don't want to be this guy, but it's, it's all black guys because it's all Florida. It's all from Florida. Oh. It's always black guys like, dude, this is fucking sick. But, but again, because they all listen to rap. So, not all, but like... A lot of them unexposed to fucking deathcore and like, yeah, this guy's just like, oh, damn. He's like, all right, all right, I like this actually. <laughs> like, dan, dan, dan. <laughs> Dude, his reaction. <laughs> He's so into it. You know, he went home and listened to Chelsea Grin. He's like, yo, That's I need sick. to listen to this band. Totally. Totally. <laughs> That's awesome, man. But yeah, shit like that. Just like, I fucking love that stuff. Well, Ian, we're, like, g- we're going to have to do a part two, man. We are like, <laughs> we are past that hour. I think we are. <laughs> like, know. well past that hour. But... You know, it's been fucking fantastic. I'm definitely going to bring you on again to talk about so much more shit. But I'm glad I got to hear about the hall. I didn't really know about that place. Oh, it's amazing. Like, I've heard about it. And obviously, you know, Capital Hardcore had a show there not too long ago. But I don't know. I've never been there. So if you want to get spin kicked in the face, like actually spin kicked in the face, that was the place to be, ultimately. Of like, Were they just hosting hardcore shows? Mainly, yeah. Okay. It was all punk and hardcore, but mainly, yeah. It was just that same. It was, just, it was the same scene. Punk yeah. and hardcore was the same scene. So just like, yeah, it was fucking wild for those shows. But like, I have plenty of stories for music shows. Oh, plenty of stories. Yeah. U.S., Canada, some U.K. stories. We're going to hear more. Like, We're going to hear more eventually. I promise you. But you got to tell everybody your socials because... I want people to follow your <laughs> fucking band. <laughs> Easy Ian, obviously on Facebook. Just search up Easy Ian, as you just find it. Okay, I'm asking about your band, not you. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't care. Jumbo Keg 13 on everything else is my personal stuff. It will always be Jumbo Keg 13. Always? Always. Okay. Like, I am the only Jumbo Keg. Okay. And if you steal it, I will know. I will know. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find you. And then uh, Deep Fighter Mucus for Instagram, Facebook. I'm going to make a TikTok, even though fucking the boys don't want me to. I don't know. They, they're strictly like weird death metal. Like our, our socials have to be just straight shows, band, stuff like that. No memes, no nothing. I'm like, huh. I, I get it because like, they want to be professional. As professional as we can be with a name Deep Fight of Mucus. Yeah. But we don't want to be like another Patient 66 band. I see. Which, they're an amazing band but every band meme you see has always been shared by them. It's, it's the reshare of their posts. Yeah. It always is. Yeah. We don't want to be that band. No, so that's, that's probably why we don't want to do that. So it's like, I want to make a TikTok because I have a few good fucking ideas for videos, but I know they don't want to. So I'm like, well, 
I'll take a creative, independent side decision and do it myself. The whole like, I go to the gym, as 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 as, as you guys can tell. Torky, okay. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 I am, I am, I am proud of myself. But like the whole like, <laughs> I will steal it from a punning budding body. They, they, they did the whole like, what you think a metal musician listens to at the gym, which is like just straight up like as brutal metal as you can yeah. to like, what I actually listen to, which is. It's not BTS, oh but it, 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 no, it's no, such no. a nice day. No, it's that <laughs> Boys a Liar song. Oh, it's like, okay. Boys a Liar. <laughs> Boys a Liar. Yeah, yeah, it's a great song. It's a great song. Drum that, and bass, let's go. That and another K pop song. Okay. Another K pop song about the full fucking, like, oh, what is it? Being alone and shit. I don't oh. fuck it. You should you should know. You're a bachelor. <laughs> okay, before we go, I'm going to find the song. Hold on, yeah, hold yeah, on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. You got a minute, let's go. Because you know I have a fucking fuck ton of Facebook reels over there. Oh, that's my cat cat, cat shit. Because I love my cat shit. You watching some funny cat videos? I always have funny cat videos. That's the shit, dude. That's the stuff you got to be sharing. Making people happy, seeing funny cat videos. That doesn't make people happy. What is... What makes people happy, Ian? Anime. <laughs> people love anime. Some people like anime, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Dude, I'm telling you, man. Clock's ringing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You got time. But, you know. <laughs> I'm going to find it. I have so many Facebook videos I saved because I'm... I just, I just <laughs> save all the videos I find funny. Okay. Although sometimes they delete it, they, they delete their videos. So okay, oh there we go. Found it. I found it. This song, Cupid. Oh okay. That's that's my jam. Okay. That's how how would I gym. know this Bachelor Life? What are you talking about? <laughs> you hear these lyrics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so feeling good. lonely. That's. <laughs> That is that is our theme, dude. Mine and yours. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, I don't. We both have about. a single. We live in a single room with a bathroom. Are you in a studio? Yeah. Okay, I thought you had a one bedroom. Nope. Okay. Studio with an actual detached kitchen, so it's a little mm. bit nicer than yours. I'm just kidding. Oh, oof. it's not nice <laughs> than yours. You have a lot nicer kitchenette area. Like I. I would die for your cupboards, to be honest. My cupboards look oh. cheap as fuck. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. I'll take it. That's now a nice we know. compliment. Now we know. <laughs> Ian, Nux, thank you for hopping we'll, on. We'll continue this later. About because... freaking time. I've wanted you on for a while. I just had to, like, line up the schedule. I'm like, I was hoping the next. first one. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to be AJ's first. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> 18 episodes later. Well, 18's coming out soon, but you're going to be 19, so. It's gonna be thirteen. That's my favorite number. Oh, you're close. Nineteen is the best. Shout out to Nathan, by the way. There you go, little, little Nate. Little Nate. That's that's a shout out. Cool. He's he's dating Destiny. That's that's the gospel of the, of, of the episode. Okay. Destin, <laughs> Destiny and Nathan's a thing. That they are. Yep. And it's hot. <laughs> Super hot. This is a period. And uh, Ian, again, Deep thank you. Deep Mucus. Yeah, yeah, check out his band. They're fucking awesome. We we have a recording. Oh, yeah, that's what we'll go. Oh, my phone. <laughs> this is, We're cut off. This is a mess. <laughs>